The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Repack presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm just Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, the people, Tex. What's up, everybody? It's been uh, it's been a little little long break with this bye week, man. It's it happened too late. I Rogers talked about it in uh, with McAfee, and he was like, you know, I kind of wish we had like two bye weeks. The weird off weeks are so odd because it's. It's not just one week. You're going 14 days without a game, right? Yeah. So, well, and I was saying before we got on that, uh, like I, I had to miss the uh, post Eagles game podcast for some personal stuff, and so it's been like three and a half weeks or something since we've actually done one of these together, you and me, which is yeah. feels crazy since the since the uh, Titans game. So uh, nice to do it after a win again, though. Packers win 24-12. Um, Los Angeles Rams aren't competing for anything at this point i mean they're just out here what getting their steps in (laughs) like i mean what else are they doing they don't they don't have a draft pick right they don't have playoff prospects this year no just kind of just kind of playing football games for the fun of it playing out the string man that's that's all you can do when you're in that position and like half their players are on injured reserve they're basically their entire offensive line their quarterback their top receiver their best defensive player like it's a rough way to go for Rams fans this year, but it's not that rough. You guys just won the Super Bowl, so yeah, you good guys for you. Can, you guys can deal <laughs> with it. Um, the Packers had 27 first downs compared to the Rams' 13. Offensive yards, 345 compared to the Rams' 156. That's not including the fact Keyshawn Nixon had another 100-yard oh return game. What is that, his fourth in a row now, I believe? I think so. That sounds right. I, I looked up because someone had asked and been like, uh, you know, who was the last guy to have three 100-yard return games in a row? I think it was like five times in Packers history or something. So four, yeah. you would assume maybe a handful of names. But, like, this is as good of a returner as we've ever seen in Green Bay. I mean, Roger said it was the first time in his 18 years in Green Bay that anyone kicked away from the returner purposely. They kicked it to the up back on one of the kickoffs. Like, it, it's what can it's, he do wrong? It's definitely the first time that I can think of since like maybe Alan Rossum in like mm-hmm. 2000 or something like that. And certainly like you go a little farther back and, and the Desmond Howard years you know, 96 was was a little bit of a different story. But yeah, certainly in the Rogers era and even going back, you know, to the, the latter half of the Favre era, there was there was nothing like this. And he had another like 50 yarder that got called back because of a BS holding penalty and Jonathan Garvin. 
Like he should have had 200 return yards in this game. <laughs> yeah. The okay, I I have this looked up right now. In terms of the count, uh, I I don't don't have the streaks on me right now, but uh, eight players in Packers history had ever had four 100 yard return games in a single season. That was what <laughs> Keyshawn Nixon uh, did. Holy crap! Now he's at five. You nailed it on the head. Allen Rossum, two thousand. Um, was the last guy to have at least five in a single season. Again, we're not talking about a stretch. In a row, right? we're, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're talking about just <laughs> happened um, it, during a season. The other guys are Steve Odom, Travis Williams, and Dave Hampton. I believe uh, Steve Odom was the last guy to have four in a row. That was 1975, and now Nixon's had five. So, I mean, that knocks off him. I, I would have to look at Travis Williams and Dave Hampton but those are the only two possibilities of guys who in franchise history have had a stretch like Keyshawn Nixon is having right now. And that was probably different kickoff rules too, where it was moved back and, you know, kind of incentivize the returns and stuff like that too. Yeah. Travis Williams is, you know, one of the names from the latter end of the Lombardi era, right? Like I think 67 was his big kind of breakout year. Nailed it. Look at guy. This guy. Dude, I don't know why. I so, every once in a while, like sometimes I'm on it with some of this stuff. But yeah, Tra- Travis was great, and I, uh, um, but it's it's just such a a weird dynamic to have on this team. That this you know this Packers team that's had guys like what Jeremy Ross and Dewan Harris <laughs> and um, Trevor Davis returning kicks for you know for years, and now all of a sudden there's a legitimate weapon and. It it's still really, really it, it still begs the question, why did it take until they cut Amari Rogers, you know, six weeks ago, whatever it was, for them to to make this switch? And I, I loved LaFleur even said, like, we didn't know what we had in this guy. We had no idea that that he could be this kind of a a spark plug. And um, I mean, you saw it three straight possessions. The Packers started in Rams territory, a couple of those because of returns. So um yeah, it it makes it makes a huge difference too when you've got an offense that is still pretty inconsistent. If they can, if you can set them up on short fields, that makes a huge a huge difference. I think. And one of the things I really liked about the Lafleur era when he when he got here, right, was he was willing to ride with a hot hand, right. That's where yeah. you start seeing like guys like Alan Lazard develop in situations that Alan Lazard probably wouldn't have. He certainly wouldn't have developed into this with most other teams. He might maybe doesn't even get on the field, right? And then yeah. it felt like we kind of started seeing that kind of going away. I mean, Rich, like Basaccia, the special teams coordinator, like was it like two weeks before Amari got cut? He was like, we're not going to shit can the guy just because he's making mistakes. And it's like, <laughs> well, then when are you going to give a guy like Keyshawn Nixon a shot? And yeah, I mean, in this era of the NFL, I talked about this with Mina Kimes on the the preview podcast, but like, how much of a look are you actually getting at these guys in practice situations? Because punt return, kick return, like those are very physical plays, right? I mean, how many of these are like Nixon's breaking a tackle before the other stuff start, starts, yep. right? And in practice, that gets whistled down, right? So like you're not going full contact in practice. And I'm not saying that you should. Like that's right. pr- not a winning <laughs> formula at the NFL level. Everyone recognizes that. Like, but it, just try them out. What's wrong with trying guys out? Like Devontae Wyatt today had back-to-back plays in the Dude, backfield. Let him keep playing. Where was that? Like, like you said, ride the hot, ride the hot hand, man. I, I, ah, uh, 
He's a first round pick in the, in the, the pregame they're talking about, you know, Aaron Rodgers, is he going to demand a trade? Is he going to be back next year? They spent two picks on defenders and they didn't give him any help at, at wide receiver. And I'm like, the wide receiver okay. is making, okay. Like the wide receiver pick cost them more than those first round picks did <laughs> with the way that they ended up trading up. And yep. now it looks great. Sure. Like, I'll fall on that sword. That's totally fine with me. I enjoy yeah. having Christian Watson on this football team. You can't make Agreed. me feel bad about that. Um, <laughs> but like Devontae Wyatt, like he was a high draft pick. Play him. It's not like the other guy. Like Dean Lowry was it? D- Dean, I don't know if he was on, even on the field. Like I, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. And then yeah. uh, Reed had got held on one play. Yeah. That was the highlights of their combined nights. Yeah, and then he like made a, a tackle of the play after he got held for like a four yard gain on second and twenty two or something. So yeah, okay, good, good for you. I got. I actually the only reason I noticed Lowry on the field was in the first half. At one point, I thought that they were in base and they had a Kenny Clark, T.J. Slayton, Dean Lowry line out for like first and second down. I was like, okay, this is progress. And then I realized they were just a nickel and it was Slayton and Lowry. I'm just like, okay, that's, that's less exciting. (laughs) Like, give me, give me Kenny and TJ on the field together, please. Yeah. What is it going to take other than, you know, shit canning Joe Barry? Yeah. And I mean, the roster construction is kind of getting weird now too, especially at the end of the season. Cause now, I mean, this team is kind of, and we've been talking about this for, damn near a month now because of all the losses, but they're at a fork in the road right now where it's like, are you making the playoff push or are we trying to keep contracts, you know, to roll over to next year? Right. And, you know, they, they released uh, Sammy Watkins ahead of the game so that they could promote um, Patrick Taylor. Patrick Taylor actually ended up getting a couple carries because AJ Dillon, I think was getting evaluated for a concussion. I don't think there's been an update there. And then AJ or, um, um, I am Aaron Jones. I don't know why I wanted to call him AJ. Um, I guess it's Aaron Jones and then AJ Dillon. Oh my goodness. I felt like I had a stroke right there. Um, Aaron Jones is obviously, you know, he's just banged up. He's been banged up for a while. Yep. He's been dealing with, uh, what is it? Like glute and shin in mm-hmm. knee injury, um, all sorts of stuff. So Patrick Taylor got a couple reps. He's been mostly, you know, a special teams guy for them, but the back end of the roster is going to be interesting because you end up getting into the situations where like you're looking at their healthy scratches right now. And like Jonathan Ford is there, but like if they're not willing to play Slayton and Kenny Clark at the same time, what does Jonathan Ford do for the team next year? If he's just going to be their third string nose tackle as a nose tackle only player behind two other nose tackle only players, like what does that do? I don't get it. That's that, that brings a new, definition to the term space eater right like he's just a cap space eater (laughs) but they got his contract through 2025 or whatever Ah. it may be like at least like at least we saw flashes of slayton last year right like he got into games he made a couple of plays here and there he didn't play a lot but you know that's that's to be expected from a fifth round pick at least we saw some signs and and he was at least active on game day I don't have any anything from Ford. I mean, Ford was getting out snapped in the preseason by Heflin, who's now cut from the practice squad, and the other Slayton that we haven't heard from since August. Yep. So, yeah. The other guys who are uh, healthy stretches in this game, Caleb Jones, who just came off the NFI, he's been battling uh, mono um, recently. He's pretty clearly like a contract stash. I think he's a guy. I think yeah. they said that he's down like 40 pounds from what he oh, weighed wow. in at the Combine. Yeah, they talked about that. I think 
Um, and, and, and he was talked and, about that today. And, and he was week. down and he was down at the combine from where he was in college. Like he has yeah. got has he dropped like like a hundred pounds in the last two and a half years. Dude, from... maybe. Like <laughs> but he he wow. kind of looks half decent. I mean, I, I didn't watch yeah. him that much in college. Tyler, you know, the Indiana fan, had seen more of more of him than anyone, and he was like, dude, that guy can't play. And now he loses all the weight, looks a little bit better. Um yeah. Chris Barnes, another scratch. He's kind of funky because he, you know, he was a scratch in their last game against the Bears too. Isaiah McDuffie actually came into the game for a couple snaps for Quay Walker. Don't know what happened there. I don't know if it was an injury. If it was, he wasn't off the field for very long. Maybe they yeah. just pulled him because he did the wrong thing. But at least worth noting, you know, Isaiah McDuffie jumped him, you know, on, on the depth chart. And that seems to be kind of a, a long-term thing. I would assume Barnes comes in like, any of those guys who work on punt protection, right? Any of those inside linebackers, tight end, whatever it may be, like he's the next guy to get called up. And then Shamar John Charles, um, again, he hasn't been on the field since the Washington game. He was dealing with an injury for a while, but he just hasn't returned. I had forgotten that Corey Ballantine had <laughs> replaced him. I, I forgot Ballantine was even on the team until um, there was some special teams playing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He, he was the he was the up back who fielded the, the kick when they – uh, oh, when they kicked it, it short, yeah, I, I'd forgotten about <laughs> him. So that, those were the inactives, plus David Bakhtiari, who's obviously dealing with the appendectomy that happened on the Friday of the Bears game. Um, hopefully, he can return to the field soon. I mean, it doesn't seem like they yeah. have really any indication on what that's going to look like. Like Lafleur said earlier in the week, like he's a long shot to play. He doesn't really need a practice to play. Like we've seen that right. throughout the year. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick is an example of a guy who returned. I think like a week to the day from an appendectomy, but like, I, I don't That's... know if it's like different for a tackle than a safety. Like, I don't, I have no idea. I, I just, yeah. I l- just learned, I told Mina about this too. I just learned like your appendix is like the size <laughs> of your pinky. It's like, a tiny little thing, man. And it's, it's crazy that something that small can, can literally kill you if you, uh, if you crazy. don't catch it quickly. It just so. explodes. Yeah, I had a uh, no a, a very a very good friend of mine in college who had an a- emergency appendectomy while studying abroad in a you know not super developed country, and it was oh, a uh, it was a terrifying experience for her. So um, she came through it okay, like it was it was fine. But yeah, it's it's no joke. So it's a it's a crazy thing, and and yeah, the recovery. I, I imagine it's just it's very individualized, right? Like I don't Absolutely. know that you can even. I mean, predict. it's your guts. Yeah, like, there's no way, like. <laughs> There's well, a lot and, of stuff going in in there, and you can't really see it. So, yeah. and and there's weird things like people react to anesthesia differently, and like there's all sorts of like this crazy stuff with with you know big surgeries like that that can that can play into it too. So you know who the hell knows? You know it'd be nice if somehow he could go against Miami, and you know we'd we'd get a a Bakhtiari Bradley Chubb matchup. Um, I think I like four pass rushers too, which is yeah. Remember, I mean Bradley Chubb was a guy that they added mid-season then they have um i'm spacing on his name the kid who got drafted out of uh ucla i'll look it up right now um yeah jalen phillips uh my he was ucla and then went to miami um there they have melvin ingram coming off of the bench like they got they got they got some guys they got some guys there and then you know the interior christian wilkins and raekwon davis like i don't know should be a a little bit of worried about about this Mm -hmm. team um, I, I believe the Packers are four point dogs on the road to Miami on Christmas day. Reminder: Christmas day, not only Christmas day, Christmas morning, um, for the yeah. of us on the West coast. 
Oh my goodness. I Ooh. I hope Joe Barry doesn't ruin Christmas. Um Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur both basically said like the media kind of try and I don't mean like hashtag the media. I'm just saying like the beat reporters. The beat reporters try to get them to say um some version of like, you know, let's let's run the table, right? Something like that. And they're just both like they want they want the quote, right? Yeah, they want they want the, they they want want the, quote, the quote to latch on to. And both of them were like I don't know. We beat just beat two teams that we should have beaten and we're about to play three better teams. Right. So it, it's funny. Cause they also ask like, is Miami the biggest game? And it's like from here on out, like the biggest game is the next game. Like yep. it's winner go home for the most part, Five thirty-eight right now. Um, which by the way, five thirty-eight, not so high on the Packers compared to you look at the ESPN playoff machine thing. And then, uh, I believe the New York Times one too. I think they're both a little higher on Green Bay. The Packers have an eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Um, if they beat the Miami Dolphins, that goes up to twenty. If they lose, it drops all the way down to one. So, like, technically there is a chance, but we're already at the point. Texan and I have created the shorthand of yep. it's you need Seattle to lose one, you need Washington to lose two, and then Green Bay to win out. That's what we're rooting for as it stands today. If Green Bay loses against Miami, I am no longer keeping track of mentally keeping track of what needs to happen for them to get into the playoffs because so many things have to break right that it's just feasibly not going to happen. Yeah. At that point, um, and, and I'll have to look at the the numbers a little bit, but I do think that there's at least an elimination possibility if the Packers lose to Miami next week. So just depending on, you know, how Seattle and Washington and you know, those other teams shake out, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, there's, there's like weird tiebreaker stuff with the lions. If somehow both teams end up at nine and eight, that like, it could come down to a strength of victory tiebreaker between the Packers and the lions. But like in, in like 90% of the scenarios, the Packers end up winning that tiebreaker. Yeah, so they're, like they're all sorts of games. Yeah. have to go, have to go really, you know, a whole bunch of them have to go really wrong for the Packers to, to not get that, uh, that head-to-head tiebreaker against the Lions, assuming the Packers win out, right? Yeah, the Packers' strength of schedule would help them there, and it hurts them in draft position, if, right. if that makes sense to anyone. Um, currently, 6-8, uh, and eight, so they're picking 14 right now. They're tied with, you know, the, the Raiders, Jaguars, Browns, and Steelers. You know, potentially they could have picked as high as, as 10, Um but it, it didn't really matter. It, it was a weird thing because if they would have been five and nine, um, they wouldn't have moved off of that 10 spot, which is what they came into the game in terms of draft order, just because of how the strength of schedule works. So like a loss wouldn't have impacted their draft position at all. Whereas a win now we're at the 14 spot, you know, just breathing right, right behind uh, the Seattle Seahawks and stuff. So yep. their strength of schedule is, very good. Um, if you play around on 538, again, I just use it because it's the easiest. If you guys want to use the Times or ESPN, it probably gives them a higher percentage. Um, but if the Packers went out as it stands today, the projection is that uh, 68% chance they end up making the playoffs. So could happen. And yeah, I don't know. Are we that scared of Miami? We've seen to it, like even that Buffalo game, like some of that stuff is to a man. And then yeah. Detroit? I think they could probably beat Detroit. Can they beat the Vikings? I think they could beat the Vikings. Will they? I don't know. They got to play the games, but it's possible. 
To be honest, the game that I think I feel the best about the Packers winning down the stretch right now, Say the Vikings. It's the Minnesota game. It absolutely the is the Minnesota game. They're frauds. 100%. They were down thirty to the Colts. Yeah. No, that that's that. I don't care what anybody says. That's not a good team. No. They're going to win the division, but that or, or they won the division, but that is not a good team. And they're they're going to be one and done. I think I, I I'm I'm picking whoever they play in the wild card round. Uh, anybody you know who who ends up. You know, if it's Washington or Green Bay or Detroit or whatever, Washington, I'm picking them Minnesota, to go into. I'm 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 picking under, I'm picking that road team to go into Minnesota and win whatever it is. Washington Minnesota screams under in the playoffs, a hundred percent. Um, I wanted to bring up just the NFC landscape real quick. So we talked about the Vikings. How many of these teams are we worried about? We beat Dallas. There goes yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia now Jalen Hurts is hurt his shoulders banged up I mean who knows how long that can last there was that weird rumor that he had broken his collarbone I had talked to someone who would know um before that stuff came out and I even put it in the APC slack and I was like Jalen Hurts is like hurt and the line is move I was trying to bet um Patrick Mahomes MVP odds and they took <laughs> it off of DraftKings and I was like oh crap they know too so it's yeah. no secret it sounds like and they said it's not a serious injury like Dude, any injury that keeps a quarterback off of the field at the NFL level is a serious – they told us all summer Matthew Stafford's injury was nothing to worry about. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he hasn't been able to throw a football for three months. It's not It's not a big deal. Hurts' injury might last up until the playoffs. So I think Hurts is yeah. probably going to come back for the playoffs at the very least. He might come back before then, but has the possibility of lasting until then. So if that doesn't count as a significant injury – do whatever you need, you know, whatever appeases you. They they basically wrapped up the division anyway, so it's not like Gardner Minshew wasn't going to get snaps at the end of the season anyway. But like, right? The Niners got Brock Purdy, uh, like hurt Jalen Hurts, a Cowboys team we've already beat, Brock Purdy, the fraud Minnesota Vikings, and then after that, it's like we don't even know who's going to be in the playoffs. So right, you're you're looking. Giants, Commanders, Seahawks, Lions as your other possible Giants who, playoff like, teams here. They have to get like oh. three turnovers on the one yard line for us to lose to them. Like, yeah, I don't know. This just, I. It's funny looking at the NFC and the AFC because I'm like, oh god, there it is so different. <laughs> yep. Like now, now with the Hurts injury, obviously, right? Which is a whole other thing besides like team talent. But like, the AFC is so much better than the NFC this year. God. Like if the Packers. I can see the Packers doing some dumb run where they like it could be 2016, right? Where it's just yeah. like they play against the, they played against the Falcons in the NFC Championship game and it's like, wow, that was really dumb. We don't deserve being here and then like the loss doesn't even hurt. Like I can see yeah. something like that if they sneak into the playoffs. Oh yeah, this could be like I'm trying to think of a good like comparison. I don't know, maybe like the 94 Chargers when they somehow made it to the Super Bowl against the the Steve Young Niners yeah. when when he finally got the monkey off his back and everybody knows that, you know, that Chargers team had no business being on the same field as the 49ers that year. Like that's that 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 scenario is not, you know, not impossible for this this Packers team at this point. So what are you rooting for at this point? Because for me, it's it's just watchability, really. Oh, chaos! Yeah. I, I mean, I I enjoy chaos in all its forms in sports. As, as far as like my team is not concerned, like we just got we just finished up the World Cup yesterday. 
Um, you know, I was pulling for Morocco to make the final because that would have been hilarious. Just, just everything that can possibly go wrong, um, you know, go wrong. Right. So, you know, AFC, what we got probably Bills, Chiefs, Bengals are your top three realistic contenders. Like, I think it would be hilarious if like somehow the Dolphins ended up, you know, if, if the Packers don't beat the Dolphins, right. Um, if the Dolphins somehow get in and just Mike McDaniel, you know, pulls a rabbit out of his butt and, and they make a run to the playoffs to the Super Bowl. I think that'd be hilarious. Um, so yeah, just, just give me entertaining football and, and chaos and, uh, and I'll be pretty happy at least again, as far as the everybody other than the Packers is concerned. The other thing, look, it's not a Super Bowl ring, but I think the closest thing to a Super Bowl ring without winning a Super Bowl ring would feel like Packers early season collapse, Minnesota Vikings surging in a fraudulent way, Vikings fans pointing at us the entire season saying, look at us, look at us. <laughs> you're just taught, you're like, you, you're only saying we're frauds because we have a better record than you. Us sneaking into the playoffs and beating them in their yes. home stadium, uh-huh. right? That's that. That's what would feel closest to a Super Bowl victory that isn't a actual Super Bowl victory, right? That would be so wonderful to to. Have I would that count this, this season as a win. Yeah. Honestly, I'm like, no, look, who gives beat, a damn? Beating McCarthy in his return to Green Bay, and then you know knocking the Vikings out of the playoffs after you know a, a crap season when we had to scrape and claw our way into the into the playoffs. Hell yeah, that'd be a blast. Um. Two more notes. Mason Crosby, he tied the uh, consecutive games mark um, with Brett Favre, you know, franchise history. And then Aaron Jones, third all time in uh, franchise rushing yards. We have looked up the numbers uh, in the APC slack. He will be staying at third all time. He will retire yep. whenever he leaves the Packers. He will be third all time. Um, he does have a chance, though, to uh, move up to second all time in terms of rushing touchdowns. He's just so far behind Amon Green and Jim Taylor in the all time rushing yards mark that. Yep. Unless he plays until he's like 35, especially with the fact that like they don't really like he's a smaller guy, so they don't feed him in the same way that those guys were fed. Like, yep, he's he's not he's not moving up from three. But and and props props to our our buddy John Meerdink for identifying he's the only player in Packers history who has more than a thousand rushing yards in their career and has a yards per carry greater than five. The fact that he has sustained that level of consistency and efficiency on the ground, especially in this day and age, right, is is pretty incredible. So um, he's 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 been a lot of fun to watch. It's been it's been great having him around, and you know, it's uh, good to happen to a nicer dude. So I'm I'm hoping yeah. that maybe you know maybe he ends up at least as like a finalist for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award too, because he is the the Packers nominee for that award. Back to back nominee for yep. it too. Yeah, he, yep. he does. It. I I talked to him for, um, what was it? It wasn't an article. It was for uh, the podcast one time. And yeah, I mean, he just does so much for his community in El Paso and stuff like that too. And yeah, everyone knows the story about his dad and all that stuff. And just seems like a great guy. Yep. He should be a Pro Bowler. I'm really, I'm yes, really gonna be disappointed if he's not. I don't think that he's gonna be based off of the way that the results um, for the polls had come out like midway through the voting. Um, Jalen, uh, Jalen, uh, Jair Alexander, not Jalen. I don't know why I got him mixed up um, was announced as, you know, a Pro Bowl nominee during the game. The rest of them are going to come out on Wednesday. 
I kind of think Jair is going to be the only one. Like he was the only yeah. guy voted top five at his position during like the mid, the the like mid voting release that they had. So unless Keyshawn Nixon had a surge at the end, I just kind of assume it's just going to be him. Um, but this year from Jones, like this is the most. Oh, I get no because some of those Devonte years were really good. But outside of the, like peak Devonte, like the most impactful offensive skill player I've seen in green Bay. Like he was the offense for a very long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. Really until the Watson breakout, but a month yeah. and a half ago, right? Like he was the, he was the engine that did, that really drove this team. Um, and I mean, another 120, 130 yard game today, total between passing or uh, rushing and receiving. So, I mean, he's still getting it done. Um, you know, even with, with Watson and Dobbs both kind of, um, you know, having a little bit of production together with the two of them. So it's fun. Um, I know it's, it's more, you know, it's more AJ Dillon weather. It, at least it feels that way right now, but yeah. um, you know, the, the way that, the way that Jones can, can accelerate to the whole, you know, the, the, the way they're, they're getting him used a little more on the outside with, with some of the pin and pull stuff. Um, yeah. It's, it's been a, that's been a great wrinkle to see them, you know, adapt and, and embrace this season. And, and he's really benefited from it. Yeah, if they just ran zone, I don't know how many of those early season games they could have come out and ended up winning. Like the fact that it's it's in zone, he's a slasher. And then on these gap plays, I mean, if you can get him on the edge, like anything, literally anything can happen. So yeah. just a really good player. Um, let's take a break and then uh, we'll get into vibe checks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. All right. Offensive side of the ball. Romeo Dobbs came back from the high ankle sprain. First time he's played since the first offensive snap against the Detroit Lions in that first matchup this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't that game feel like that was a lifetime ago? Forever. Like forever ago. <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt, but yeah, that's that that's a that's a whole yeah, that feels like that was a year ago. I, I was mean, talking it was my literally pre Christian Watson. I was talking to my fiance today and she we were talking about the rookie receivers and she's like, Well well, you know, you've got Watson, but but Dobbs is a veteran. I'm like, No, Dobbs is a rookie. We just <laughs> forgot about him because he hasn't played for like what feels like, you know, eight months. So yeah. Rogers went seven for seven for 91 yards when they were both on the field today. That's good okay. to see. Uh, 20 for 24 the entire season, which kind of puts it in perspective, right? I mean, yeah. they've basically not been on the field together. A third of their wow. receptions or a third of the completions when they were on the field together happened today. <laughs> happened today. They doubled it, right? More than doubled it even. So God. 
we have something to look forward to at least next season. Who knows yeah. what happens at tight end? I think that's probably the biggest question mark on the offense going into 2023, but at yeah. wide receiver, it kind of feels like we have this figured out. And it was, it was interesting to see kind of how they used the two guys too, right? Like Dobbs was a little more of that possession guy, um, used him on a, a couple of those quick outs early to, to pick up first, pick up first downs. And then, you know, it was over as, the middle where you're not taking a hit. You're not taking uh-huh. the Randall cop hit on third yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Watson doing his thing with kind of stretching the, stretching the defense with his speed, a couple of those, um, kind of leak plays, the, the one where he lined up on the mm-hmm. wing and, and leaked out, um, on third down and just kind of beating his guy to the, beating his guy to the corner. And then, um, some of those crossing routes where he can really use his speed to stretch horizontally. Um, so yeah, I think that's, you've got a little bit of a, a blueprint for how you can work those guys together and, uh, complement each other a little bit. That's the thing too that I think I think I talked about this with both Tyler and Mina, but like if they even need to add another wide receiver to the team, right? What does that even look like? Because Christian Watson has the speed. Dobbs is the route runner. Like yep. aren't you almost better just like if all this stuff with Rogers and the hand signals and all that stuff matters, like aren't you better off just kind of running it back with a Lazard and or a Cobb and like it's going to drive people nuts if they don't take a wide receiver but like if you took a tight end Michael Meyer from Notre Dame or you took another defender that would like help at the line of scrimmage right like wouldn't that be a better way to build this team than adding a 21 year old wide receiver who has to go through the growing pains of learning all these hand signals and stuff like that like we yeah. just went through the growing pains. Why would we add another guy into the mix <laughs> to just kind of restart that that progress, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I can certainly see adding a depth guy, you know, round three, round four, or something like that. But, you know, yeah, those those high picks, it feels like the biggest bang for your buck is going to be at some of those other positions, for sure. Um, That interception caused so much discourse. And then oh Rodgers, gosh. people arguing online. And then Rodgers immediately just in the press conference gets asked about it. And he's like, yeah, Lazard thought one thing. I thought the other. It's like, yeah, it's like any rational person who would have seen that would have thought. I mean, yeah. I still think it was probably a mistake for the way Rodgers read it. Cause the way that ball was thrown, the intercepted pass, like at best, at absolute best, that's a contested catch yep. where when Lazard put the brakes down, like he's wide open, no mm-hmm. one can touch him. So. I don't know. I bet Rogers probably ends up wanting to have that one back. And he didn't sell out Lazard like he sold out some people recently. I mean, even the uh, he talked about it in the presser, the uh, play near the goal line where he signaled something. He like grabbed his elbow or something. Yeah. Uh, Christian Watson and Watson was uh, blocking. He was supposed to end up catching a pass like he kind of sold out Christian Watson on that one. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe Aaron had the over in this game because that uh, that might have cost. Uh, cost a couple of people. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, if he had the over that goal, they shouldn't have gone. Uh, well, gone for the yeah, at the goal line, <laughs> like <laughs> that's the one that would hurt them. Um, yep. AJ Dillon, really good game from him. I thought it was funny. Uh, Rogers was asked about it in the presser, and he was like, "Yeah, Dillon, like his he just is who he is. Like he hasn't had any lows this season. Like, hasn't had any lows this season." Mm. I was there for I was watching a couple of those games and my eyes told me <laughs> Dylan was that was when we started the whole Plodzilla thing. Yeah, like it, it's it is funny, right? Because his production 
this year isn't that far off last year. I'm looking at it right now, and he's averaging basically exactly the same number of carries per game, 11 carries. And up until this game, he was averaging 48 yards a game compared to 47 last year. So it the rushing production is that maybe it's just that he's not being as effective as a receiver as he was last year, but it just doesn't feel like he's impacting games the same way he did last season. Um, he's had like two or three games that he's looked really good. And you're yeah. like, where the hell did that come from? But it's just like, and, it, and you could tell almost from like the first two carries that he mm-hmm. gets in a game, like what type of game he's going to have. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like him. I don't know if it's like you have to like think of him as like almost like a boxer where it's like you just start counting the hits and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's like, oh, coming into the game, he got banged up in the game before, like maybe he's not going to be at full strength or something like that. But it just always feels random when he's going to have like this game. Doesn't yeah, and, and and he's done it in down the stretch the last couple of years too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tennessee game as a rookie, you know, a couple last season you know, in November and December. So, you know, maybe this really is Dylan time, you know, once you get into after Thanksgiving and the, the weather starts to turn and and you get guys making business decisions. So, um, but yeah, I mean, three touchdowns and, you know, it, one touchdown each of the last three games for him. I mean, it definitely seems like he's turning it on. And like you said, like three or four good games and it feels like two or three of them have been in these last three games for him. It's going to be interesting to see what that backfield looks like going into Miami, right? Just because you are down a day of rest, right? Yep. Um, going into that game. And then Aaron Jones, I mean, is banged up. AJ Dillon just, he left with a concussion, right? Or concussion symptoms getting evaluated for it. So it'll be interesting to see like what the participation looks like early in the week. Cause I mean, maybe they were holding Jones out because they knew they had that turnaround against Miami and how important that Miami game is. And you look at the scoreboard and you look at the players across, you know, the sideline and you're like, we probably don't need to exhaust Aaron Jones right now against this Rams team. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what that looks like, but I'm I'm definitely, if Jones is banged up in practice all week and Dylan is dealing with uh concussion protocol and stuff like that, I, I am still a little worried, even though Dylan had a great game that like, I don't know. Can Dylan get it done against Miami against that front? I wouldn't even be surprised to see them bring in another running back on the practice squad. Um, just in case, you know, Um, I'm trying to remember now, is Tyler Goodson still in the practice squad? Do we, he is is still around. Okay. So maybe they don't need to bring another guy, but they were bringing in guys last week though. That's right. Yeah. They they did bring in, um, they brought in Mark Thompson from Florida, who's a USFL guy and stuff like that. Like, they're definitely looking at running backs and offensive linemen. I, th- I think the running backs, though, last week was probably be- – so the reason that they added Patrick Taylor to the 53-man roster is because his three elevations from the practice squad has already been exhausted for the season. So I think the running back thing was kind of them being like, can we get a guy onto the practice squad who we don't have to use for the 53 and you know keep Sammy Watkins and stuff like that because – yeah. They're not getting rid of any of these damn rookies or draft picks that are healthy scratches. <laughs> like they, over their dead body, Goot says, I control the 53. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thought Zach Tom did pretty good. For the most part. Can't, can't complain yeah. too much. He he had one that 
I think it's probably credited to him as a sack, but Rodgers bailed the pocket so fast and he got off yeah. the spot that like Zach Tom was trying to make the pass rusher run the hoop, right? That's what everyone always talks about it. Like if you're thinking of like the pocket, right? You want them running through the part of the pocket that you're also not protecting, but is like still a full hoop. Like just make them take the longest path to get to the quarterback. And Rodgers walked right into it and got the sack. So eh, if that's the worst play a fourth round left tackle is going to make during a game, like can live I can with live that. with that. I live yep. with that every single time. <laughs> Tom, Tom's a good player, man. Um, yeah. I think him and Enigbari, those are the two guys where it's like, if they get a full summer in the weight room, man, like those guys can be real, very good players for them, not just next year, but like down the stretch. I think those yeah. guys can be kind of cornerstones for them. Yeah, and then Enigbari had another sack today. I think that's up, up to three for him on the season. And then right after he, he had that sack, uh, al- almost picked off the screen pass to yeah. Tyler Higby. So Which nice savvy little, play for a damn yeah. rookie. You, you nice. usually don't see that. Really nice flash from him. Um, so nice to see that. And you mentioned Wyatt with a little bit of a flash too, with uh, half a sack, which I think is his first um, first entry in the statute in the in the sack column this season. So, and they had the TFL like right. Can't remember if it was right before. After I think it was. It was the very first. Yeah, it was. It was the TFL first, and then the sack split with Hollins on the very next play. Yeah. Um, Give him more snaps. Yeah. Sorry. Backtracking <laughs> to the offense very quickly. Vibe check. They could have scored 30. If they wanted yeah. to, they could have scored 30. They have they are now what is it? Uh four of their last five, they've scored 28, which is the only times that they've scored 28 in the season, I believe. Rogers still hasn't thrown for a 300 yard game this entire season, which is kind of hard to believe. But they're yeah. also going so slow. Like, what was it? The two minute warning in the first half. Um was an hour into the game or something like that. Like, yep. I mean, it's just flying by. The, the offense holds the ball for so long. I think their first three scoring drives were all six plus minutes long. Like, that's just who this team is. They want to keep the score down. You're, I just, you're not going to get the ops for Aaron Rodgers yep. to be a 300 yard passer this season. I, I think in general, Dobbs looks good coming back. I think they're at the point now. The offensive line can sustain an injury. Backs are looking good. Rodgers is looking good for the most part. Um, like an eight? Is that fair? Seven and I a half, think, eight? I think I'm, 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 I'm at a seven. Um, I think, you know, the the if only because the Rams defense was so banged up. Um, There's so many guys out that, you know, I think yeah. if they if they run into a, a truly elite that line run, run defense. Was surprising, you know? though. Yeah. <laughs> that line was better than I thought. Like the yeah. Hoyt guy. I made fun of Mina f- for bringing up the fact that he's an Ivy League guy because that was the first thing she pointed to. And I was like, get out of here. Because I had to Google him during the Thursday night game against the, the Raiders. He looks actually pretty solid. Yeah. Also, they were like, Greg Gaines and Aaron Rodgers like, work out together and they're friends. Greg Gaines, do you want to play in Green Bay? Come Sign down. us up. Hell <laughs> you'd, yeah. You'd be the best defensive lineman Kenny Clark oh has ever God. played next to. Gosh. Good well, I guess he played, he played next to Mike Daniels for a while. Yeah. That's unfair to Mike. But. Yeah. Well, but I mean, back to the offense and the opportunities, right? Like the Packers won time of possession 37 to 23 in this game, and they still only ran 68 plays. Yeah. Like the, 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 the time, the, the, the time of possession thing and just the, the slow pace is very much real. But like you said, if, if they, 
you know, if it's not running out the clock to, to take three knees at the end of that game, they're trying to pound it in, you know, from the one yard line, probably get it. And, you know, we're sitting with another 30 point game. So um, that's a, that's a, another encouraging performance. And I I think at the very least they should be able to, to put up some points on Miami next week. It's just a matter of, can they keep any, anything close to a a pace that Miami is going to score at? Because I have very little faith in this defense to, uh, to contain Tua and Tyreek and, and Waddle. <laughs> I'm not very confident in this defense in that game. You know, I after the Bills game, because I thought, you know, they had kind of created a game plan. I can't remember who Miami played the week before. San Francisco. And San Francisco yeah. was just like, we're going to protect the middle of the field. And that's all we're going to do. And we're going to force Tua to throw deep and outside. And he just wasn't able to do it. And then you watch the Buffalo game and – they just leave the middle of the field open. Waddle catches a slant, ru- catch and run on that slippery turf and stuff like that. And it's like, are, dude, are if you does that? They're screwed. I was gonna say, are you trying to tell me that the Packers have trouble defending the pass in the middle of the field? Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. And Amos, God damn it, Amos. <laughs> God, at the halftime spaces, we were so excited. We were like, this is Amos's like best game of the season. Like Amos. Doesn't look like he's running a four eight. Then just has maybe not the worst half that he's had this season, but one of the worst halves he's had in the second half. And it's just like, all right, so we still need a safety. Like he's still just going to yeah. be a marked man for the remainder of the season. I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. But yeah, it's it's funny to to look at a, a defensive performance where you know the Packers give up 156 yards, 3.6 yards per play, and you still kind of so feel bad. like. They, they were, were terrible. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they were not a good football team. All those third and longs yep. that we ended up getting converted and stuff, like, yeah, that's that's not a good football team. We talked about the McDuffie sub. Um, Rudy Ford started at safety for Darnell Savage. I think I don't have the final numbers, but at one point it was like midway through. It was one snap. Yeah, that's, that's think, what I saw. I, I think we. I think quarter. I saw somebody say one snap for Darnell Savage. That guy's getting paid eight million dollars next year. It's fully I, I guaranteed. What do you we should have traded him at the oh deadline? Oh my gosh! Like any anything, eat, eat the cap, eat the eat the money for next year. Like, uh, oh. I mean, talking about a if we, we we didn't know what we had in the guy, I wish we would have known earlier. Like, if Rudy Ford gets that nod early in the season, like yeah. that situation, we save ourselves eight million dollars next year, which goes a long way when you're talking about contracts that you know the cap hits are are hit harder at the tail end than the front end, right? So. Yeah, dude. Yeah, now now might need two safeties. Uh They roster six. They roster six safeties, which is a Masaccia thing because they all play special teams and they're all right crazy in that aspect. But like, you still need some of these guys to play defense too. And it's like coming back next year. I don't know how many. Like, are we in Rudy Ford extension talks? I don't know if he's in the same boat as Nixon at this point. But like, you might want to bring him back. Mm -hmm. At the very least, like. You know, you got to offer the guy a, you know, a, a one or two year deal. I think at, at this point, because because like you said, you 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 can't keep playing Savage. Um, Amos is is He's almost out. certainly going to be gone. His contract is is up anyway. So, um, so this I is, I want to slander uh, Ken Ingles very quickly. How dare you, Ken? How dare you? On Twitter.com, he suggested because they had that weird contract conversion like two weeks ago with Dean Lowry. Yeah, right? 
And he was like, well, if they haven't extended anyone yet, then maybe they're just looking to extend Dean Lowry in, in 2023. Oh my God. How dare you, Ken? <laughs> How dare you? Don't put that evil on us, man. Dean Lowry hasn't made a play this entire season. If he gets another contract out of this, I'll be flabbergasted. They they do not have the margin of error to be dealing with dumb contracts like an extension of Dean Lowry. And I know Ken um, didn't mean that as like a, a praise of Dean or anything like that. But how dare you put that juju on this planet? <laughs> if that happens, I'll be furious. Dean Lowry has a half a sack this whole season. Disgusting. How many TFLs does he have? It's like three. Uh, it has to be like three. One. Not including the half Disgusting. sack. He has one. He's played like 400 snaps for this team. And against a lot of runs. This team sees a lot of runs. Oh, my God. Gross. Ugh. They, they don't have football players. They don't have NFL football players on their defensive line right now. No. And I know you guys don't want to hear it, but, like, they need to draft another one. And, yeah, yep. they just drafted Devontae White. They need. They still need another one. And Brissie, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Brissie's probably the second – best interior lineman in this upcoming draft um the kid out of clemson he might return so and the top guy is um uh jalen carter the kid out of georgia he's going top three or four top three yeah Yeah. i mean we're not going to be in range to to draft him so i don't know if there's another we've had some bad defensive tackle drafts like if they need a yeah go grab a free agent defensive lineman i don't know who's out there Figure it out though. Shuffle, shuffle up the bonus on on Kenny Clark's contract and make some room yeah. for somebody like you've and you've not got Dean to. Lowry. Do not make room for <laughs> Dean Lowry. Um, defense. Can, can we before we hit vibes? Can we talk about Quay? We got to talk Just about Quay a little bit. Roller coaster, like, dude. Yeah, this is. Uh, we said at halftime, this was like the the platonic ideal of a Quay Walker game because you know he has just bad run fits and then he makes you know. It, just an incredible play on that sack uh, blitzing from, from off, off the ball. And then that, uh, that, that pass breakup along the sideline that, you know, he shows the, that range and the size and the athletic ability, but somehow just like, can't quite make the play. Like it was the perfect Quay Walker half in the first half. Yeah. The inside linebackers are frustrating as hell because oh, we're spending a lot of money not to be good there. Yep. Way too much. Yeah. Way too much. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And you can't really do anything about it either. I mean, like you're not, you're not going to change anything at inside backer. It's not like safety, where okay, Amos might go out. Like, we'll see if someone wants a savage contract next offseason. Probably yeah. not. Maybe unless you're unless you're moving Quay to the edge, like that's the only thing that yeah. <laughs> that you could possibly do. I think. So. Well, I get the. I don't know, man. Like Green Bay might draft another edge rusher. Like that oh, yeah. is really in the mix. Like you look at the draft board and how it shakes out, and it's like, yeah, it's going to be one of the edge rushers or like Michael Mayer, or maybe, maybe they finally go after that Quentin Johnson, that wide receiver from TCU. But I don't know. It's going to be a weird one this draft season. I don't want to get into it too deep, but no. defense. Well, oh, go ahead. No, just that. Uh, yeah, we as far as as long as the the playoff dreams are still alive, we could put that off for another week. Yeah. Yeah, and how dare you guys root for the tank? I just don't ruin my Sundays, man. I'm gonna be watching this Packers team on Christmas morning, and it matters. And you guys wanted to take that away from me. How dare you? Um, defense feel terrible about it. Like I'm feeling yeah. like a four. Yep. I know they only gave up like 150 yards 
I don't care. Terrible defense. That was the worst. That was the worst defensive performance that I think I've ever seen. They gave up like less than 200 yards (laughs) and less than like 15 points. Even like there was that touchdown on Russell where Russell was just like standing there. Yeah. What? What the hell is going on here? Jim Leonard, watch. I'm very worried. I was told. Was it this week? No, it's Monday. Last week. Um, I was told last week the team to watch out for for Jim Leonard is not in the NFL. It's <sighs> Illinois. Illinois wants to compete in football. They're willing to spend money. They just had their defensive coordinator um, hired off to Purdue. He, they were planning on making him the highest paid defensive coordinator in football, and they're looking for his replacement and don't really want to take a step down. He played for Brett Bielema his senior no. year. Brett's no. now the head coach at Illinois. So no. that's no. the team to watch. I heard no. um, no. Cleveland is in the mix too. Apparently that kind of – that process – if you guys don't realize, like, guys, these guys don't get fired on Black – what is it, Black Monday, and then – Oh, magically take the job after they had just heard that it opened. Like they go through agents. There's communication between like mutual interests and stuff like that. The other team that has kind of reached out is uh, the Cleveland Browns. So I don't know if he's actually going to consider them um, if Green Bay is on the table, but it seems like the other option to bullet point is Illinois defensive coordinator. If they hire someone who is not named Jim Leonard, that's that's a good sign for the Packers. Don't don't put that evil on me as a Wisconsin grad. Like I don't no, nothing nothing good can go to Brett Bielma as far as I'm concerned at, at Illinois. That's that's that not would be acceptable. Crazy if he left Wisconsin to become a DC in the same conference, right? In the same conference at a lesser program in the same division. Yeah. Like, yeah. no. Well, for no. as long as divisions are well, a yeah, thing. for one more year, right? How do you feel about divisions? I wrote about divisions on for in the the uh, context of the NFL on the site during the bye week. I do we still need them? I don't, I don't know that. Them. What, don't what know does the... what's yeah. the point of pride of I won the NFC South this year? This terrible <laughs> NFC South, so I get to host a home playoff game. Like, does that even matter anymore? Yeah, I don't think so. The, you know, it's really, it's, it's two functions, right? There's two reasons for it. One is just the regional rivalries. It's purely for rivalry games. From a scheduling standpoint, you can keep doing that, right? Like in college football right now, they're talking about in the big 10 and SEC, all these conferences that have expanded so much that you can't really even have divisions anymore. Yeah. I'll call them pods and I'll be like, oh, you have three teams every year that you play. That's an NFL division. Right. So you could just do that from a scheduling purpose. Like we could play, we could keep playing the bears twice a year. We could keep playing the lions twice a year, Vikings twice a year. But if we all finished sub 500, our playoff spot would go to someone else in the NFC. I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. And I I was going to say that that would be the only other argument for it, right. Is scheduling is, is especially when it was a 16 game schedule, the four, you know, 32 teams, eight divisions, two conferences, you know, made for a very elegant scheduling system. Um, now that you've added that 17th game, that throws a little bit of wackiness into the mix with, with that extra cross cross conference game. Um, yeah, I think we've had enough instances in the last like 10 or 12 years of one team, one division being just complete garbage and having a sub 500 team hosting a playoff game that 
I think I'm 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 coming around to the idea of of not rewarding that in a way that I hadn't before. I think it's only going to get worse too with the yeah. And this isn't me being against this like ideology, but like if teams are going to attempt to tank and like the hard rebuild and stuff like that, like you're going into it, it, it's a loaded deck for some of these divisions compared to others, right? And Yep. If that's happening by choice, like, how about we just open up the competition a little bit more if teams are going to start doing this? And if you want to keep the draft and all that stuff, like, it's going to be hard to talk NFL owners out of getting rid of the draft. But, like, yeah. at least make the playoff race a little bit more fun. Like, think about how wide open the bottom end of the NFC would be right now and how many more games oh my gosh. we'd be paying attention to compared to just, okay, we have the shorthand where we root against – for at least one game against Seattle and two against Washington, right? Like it'd be way more open. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, maybe, or, or, or maybe you do it in a way where only the top three division winners are guaranteed, right? Something like yeah, that. That's I fine don't know. with me too. You know, yeah. do it that way. So yeah. Then you're just, opening if you're up sub the... 500, you shouldn't get a host a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. You were too bad at football to host a playoff game. If you're sub 500. Yeah. Well, and we're, we're looking now, now that the AFC South is, is getting wonky too. We could have the South division yeah, in both conferences. Yeah. You could have a sub 500 team in both conferences hosting a playoff game. So the Colts, I, I think still technically have a shot at winning the <laughs> South, which is. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. 0.2% according to 538. Yeah. I think they're going to need a lot of help. Oh but my god. It's still possible. Um defense. Yeah. Oh, did four. we already give grades? I said four. Yeah, we're we're fours. Just yeah, sweep it under the rug and let's talk about Keyshawn Nixon yeah. for just another second before we get out of here. Yeah, extend him. I, I was I think it was halftime in the Slack, and I was like, if Keyshawn Nixon walked up to me and was like two years, eight million dollars, I'm like, cool, sign it right now. Do it. Like do it. He's a nickel corner who can, who's also a game changer in terms of being a return man. Like, okay, let's do that. Who's going to replace him next year? Like, Shamar John Charles? Like, he hasn't played in so long. Like, just yeah. lock down Nixon. I think I saw, was he, was he leading or was he almost leading the NFL in kicker, kickoff return average coming into this game? Like, I think I he's, believe it. I think he's up there. And obviously, you know, the, kickoff returns in the modern NFL is a, is a weird thing anyway, with the way they've changed the rules and, you know, you get so many touchbacks and everything anyways, but the, just even, even that concept, right. After everything that we saw with Amari is just, you know, it's, it's exciting. And I don't, I also don't immediately have a heart attack when I see a return man, take the ball out of the end zone anymore. This is, this is weird. This is fun. Let's keep um, it going. The only player with a higher return average with more returns, because you get these weird things where it's like CPAT, but he only returned eight this year, right? Or stuff like that. The yeah. only player who returned more for more yards so far is Kenny Nwengwu, the uh, Vikings mm. return man. By the way, Vikings special teams, it's crazy this year. They're yeah. really good at it, actually. Um It'll be an interesting thing to watch in two weeks, I guess. But the special teams, I feel really good about it. I, we thought it was funny. Uh, Rich Basachi was definitely going for a punt block the <laughs> yeah. entire time during the game, which only makes what Nixon did today more impressive because it's not like guys were blocking for him outside of the gunners. I mean, it was 
two, three on 11, you know, return game basically for the most part, because they were trying to go after the punt block. Basaccia definitely smelled blood in the water. Definitely thought someone up front was a marked man. It was nice to see that because, you know, a lot of times they end up returning those with Amari and it's just a fair catch. Now we can go after a punt block and actually get yards on a punt return. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice change of pace. I'm, I'm all in. Mason, kick, nice game. Yeah. You know, good job. Didn't, yeah. didn't, no, nothing weird on the, uh, the, uh, place kick apparatus today. So that's a nice win. How are the kickoffs? I can't remember really. I think both both teams were short yeah. most of the game. Um, because yeah, the the Rams didn't have anything that went in the end zone. So, or at least maybe they had one that went like to the goal line that that he took out. But that's the other uh, thing about the Nixon returns. It's like this dude is a psycho. Yeah, <laughs> he literally will take it from the one yard line and just be like, "No, I'm cool. I'll, but look, I'll get it to the 30. I want crazy people on my special teams. That's yeah. that's where you have to have those crazy crazy guys. Like uh, we have to have a death wish. Lock him up. I'm yep. and not in not in the uh not in the killery <laughs> lock him up. The actual like lock him up contract wise. Yep. I want to see him on the team next year. For sure. Um special teams like uh seven, eight? Yeah. Probably eight. Yeah, yeah. eight because of the eight. return team. Yeah. For sure. I like it. I can't believe one week ago people were complaining about Amari Rogers getting a touchdown for the Houston Texans. <laughs> I can't believe how short-sighted are we that that happened. Again, like, like five the, injuries had to happen for him to even get on the field for that Texans game. That was exactly the worst what I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. They were down. They were down so many, so many receivers for him to even get snaps. So no, let's, let's not overthink this guys. Yeah. I'm happy we got this game after a week of, did we give Amari Rogers a chance and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> hand signals? Yep. Goodness gracious. The hand <laughs> signals thing is so so if you haven't uh read it, there's an article um on the athletic about it's kind of like an oral history thing about Aaron Rodgers' hand signals and how it's t- hard for you know young wide receivers to get adopted to it and stuff like that. But we watched this in the Giants game. They knew one of his hand signals at the end on one of those goal line plays, and they ended up getting a tip at the line of scrimmage, and that ended up being the reason we have to root against the Washington commanders for the rest of the season, right? Like keeping that stuff secret is important. I I know people who their job in college football literally during the week is to match hand signals to play concepts. And -hmm. then they go into the booth during game time and they're supposed to steal signals from the opposite sideline. And that's why they have those big old sheets and stuff like that in front of the signal signalers in college football now. So you don't steal them. Like if you let teams steal your signals, they're going to steal your signals. Yeah. Bill Belichick filmed a practice at the <laughs> Super Bowl. These guys are psychos. Like, uh-huh. don't give them anything. Uh-huh. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Dolphins week. Hopefully uh, Joe Barry doesn't ruin Christmas, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm going to be so mad if that's how I start my morning. I so my my family generally does all our Christmas stuff on Christmas Eve, so my my Christmas will take place uh, before this game kicks off. So I'll uh, one way or another, I'm gonna you know have an enjoyable Christmas, assuming that you know we make it to Wisconsin safely with that giant ridiculous storm coming through Thursday and Friday. So um, just everybody stay safe out there this week uh, if you're traveling, especially around the Midwest and. Uh, yeah, have a good holiday, and we'll look forward to to talking to you 
maybe not Christmas Day, but uh, probably no, definitely we'll, not we'll, Christmas Day. Yeah, we'll we'll <laughs> the we'll day probably, after your ride home. Yeah, we'll we'll record on the twenty sixth, and uh, and we'll we'll talk to you after Miami. Yeah, I got three Christmas, Chris, three or four, three Christmases to go to on Christmas Day, plus the game. So, oh man, zero percent chance I'm going to want to record on Christmas Day. We'll do it the day after, and, and maybe give you guys some treats uh, ahead of time. I think Tyler uh, and I are going to record tomorrow um, about some NFL draft prospects that'll come out for the intercepted show on Friday. Nice. So you guys can have that. We'll talk about a couple presents for. 2023 hopefully good deal fingers crossed go pack go